true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Gospel of Christ. Archbishop Desmond Tutu's funeral service live. Happy New Year, everyone. It's January 1st, 2022. 12.44 a.m. on the West Coast in California. Very cold. Finally stopped raining after days of heavy rain. Be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. What does the Lord require of you but to pursue justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? 
in Desmond and Pilo Tutu, this three-fold cord was interwoven in a long-lived authenticity. That is why we loved him and respected him and valued him so deeply. Small in physical stature, he was a giant among us morally and spiritually. His faith was authentic, not counterfeit or half-hearted. He lived it, even at great cost to himself, in an inclusive, all-embracing love. His friend Nelson Mandela put it perfectly when he said, sometimes strident, often tender, never afraid, and seldom without humor, Desmond Tutu's voice will always be the voice of the voiceless. I come here today in my octogenarian years, sensitive to the awesomeness of the occasion, which is likely to catch the tearful and thankful mood of this our nation and of the entire world. I come in response to the expressed wish of my Archbishop and friend, for it was he who asked me some years ago to do this at his funeral. How could I refuse such a request? Such an honor. First, let me say a few words to the chief mourner among us. My dear Leah, Corbo Emeritus of our church, distinguished member of its order of Simon of Sardinia, you and I are in a close solidarity in the loss of a much-loved spouse. I therefore know something of what you must now be going through, though each person should be free to grieve in whatever way is most appropriate for them. Many times you wiped away the tears of your husband, for, as we all know, he cried very easily, and in the life of our country, both past and present, he had much to cry about, not to mention the wider world which seems in many ways to be tearing itself apart. Today, we are here to cry, to try, in a small way, to wipe away your tears. Though tears are, of course, a very necessary part of our grieving. Allow me to give you and your family a comment which was sent to me for my comfort and which I found helpful in the strange twists and turns of my own grieving. Grief is not a disorder, a disease, or a sign of weakness. It is an emotional, physical, and spiritual necessity. The price you pay for love. The only cure for grief is to grieve. Desmond and I became close in an unlikely partnership 
at a truly critical time in the life of our country from 1989 to 1996. He as Archbishop of Cape Town and I as his deputy when as Bishop of Natal I was elected by my brother bishops to be also what is called Dean of the Province. I was asked during a pastoral visit that we made together to Jerusalem what this cumbersome ecclesiastical title meant. My answer on the spur of the moment was that it meant number two to two two. <laughs> the nickname stuck. But more importantly, at a deeper level, our partnership struck a chord, perhaps in the hearts and minds of many people. A dynamic black leader and his white deputy in the dying years of apartheid and hey presto, the heavens did not collapse. <laughs> we were a foretaste, if you like, of what could be in our wayward, divided nation. What does the Lord require of you but to pursue justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Allow me briefly to unpack each of these qualities in relation to our esteemed Archbishop. First, pursue justice. Desmond was not on some crusade of personal aggrandizement or egotism, though he often and disarmingly admitted that he loved to be loved. And what is wrong with that? Do we not all love to be loved? It is a human craving from the moment we are born. But no, Desmond's response to grave injustice came from the depths of his being and often in response to what he called the divine nudge. Listen to what his favorite prophet Jeremiah wrote. There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary with holding it in and I cannot. That is how Desmond Tutu lived and ministered in a situation of systemic and often brutal injustice in his own beloved country. Nor did the fire in his breast die out in his years of retirement and old age, though he was thrilled with the coming of democracy in 1994. Watch out, watch out, watch out he warned sternly when the new government stalled expediently in giving a visa to his friend and fellow peace laureate, laureate the Dalai Lama at the time of the archer's 80th birthday. He was not similarly turned down when he went to Dharamsala in India for the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday. And together, they produced a remarkable book called The Book of Joy which is a spiritual classic for our time, and indeed for all time. A book crafted by a deep and humorous conversation between a Buddhist and a Christian, 
and compiled beautifully by Douglas Abrams, who is a Jew. There is a profound pursuit of a just order in this fine product, namely a religious just order amidst so much shameful intolerance in today's world. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Secondly, love kindness. Love kindness. This was our arch at his very best. His was not a harsh ideological quest for justice. Always it was grounded in mercy, in chesed, to use the Hebrew word, in an enduring loving kindness, touch, the forgiving heart, the warm smile. Ah yes, the warm smile. Remember his fine book on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that seminal body which he chaired. It was titled, No Future Without Forgiveness. How could someone who had suffered so much hostility and disdain in his own country settle for such a conviction, such magnanimity? It was because all that he stood for and strove for was undergirded by a spirit of mercy towards everyone. Did you ever receive from him a phone call or a gift of flowers, a card, a handwritten letter or an email? When my wife for 57 years died on All Souls Day in 2016, he was on the phone to me despite great physical frailty, to comfort me and a little prayer from the heart. Desmond was quite at ease praying on the telephone with others. Actually, he prayed anywhere and everywhere, not only in churches and chapels. He also so wanted to be at Dory's funeral Dory being my wife, and was truly pained that ill health prevented him. The flowers, of course, arrived. The flowers arrived. It is a painful and beautiful memory for me. Thirdly, walk humbly with your God. Here is the mystery of the interior pilgrimage of the soul. There were three P's about our Archbishop. He was the prophet, the pastor, and the prayer. What many perhaps did not realize was that the prayer undergirded, guided, and prompted all the rest. A daily Eucharist was his custom, regardless of the circumstances. I remember having, him, having one with him in Frankfurt Airport when we were waiting for a connecting flight. 
it is utterly appropriate that his funeral service today is immersed in what we call a requiem Eucharist. And it would be his wish that all of us be free to receive the sacred body and blood of Christ at this Eucharist in memory of him. Desmond was not only immersed in the liturgical prayer of the church, he was also up at four every morning to pray, to meditate, to contemplate, and to intercede. In his intercessory work, he would engage in what Eulia called a cook's tour around the whole world. In his prayer, the world was his parish, and surely that was appropriate for a holder of the Nobel Peace Prize. So I give you, in memory of this holy and very human man, this humane person, this humane leader, a threefold cord which we too can try to emulate. Pursue justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. I conclude this intertwined sermon and eulogy with the words of a personal praise song, looking back on our archer's remarkable life and held in awe by his going from us now. Yo, Desmond Mpilo Tutu, born and raised where the gentle Botswana live, land of the Kamilduring tree and the wide, wide Flakta. His mother, a domestic worker, his father, a teacher, polio survivor, TB survivor, visited unforgettably in hospital by one Trevor Huddleston, CR. Bright child, living in the shadow of the great injustice. Raised through sickness to a priestly calling. Finding the fire in your breast that prevented silence. Articulate scholar, prophet, pastor, prayer, preacher of passion with arms stretched out. Diminutive person making presidents tremble. Small person of the past becoming great in the unfolding purposes of God. Yo, learning the art in mountain kingdom, being greeted visiting parishes in Basutu Blanket, astride a hardy horse, learning the harder way in the city of gold, the bitter irony of red carpets abroad and icy stairs back home, learning to lead on, lean on God and the safety valve of an irrepressible, self-deprecating humor. voice of the muted multitude, 
son of the dark, mysterious land, called at the height of crisis to the Cape of Storms to transform it into the Cape of Good Hope. Mbisho Omkuru. Take rest at last. Lalagashle, our dear friend, the Arch. You have tended the wounds of noble strife, the wounds of Ubuntu. Enter now into the full embrace of the great and generous God you served. of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us sit or kneel for the prayers. For beloved brother Desmond, let us pray to our Lord Jesus Christ who said, I am resurrection and I am life. Lord, you consoled Martha and Mary in their distress. Draw near to us who mourn for Desmond and dry the tears of those who weep. You wept at the grave of Lazarus, your friend. Comfort us in our sorrow. Let our faith be our consolation and eternal life our hope. You raised the dead to life, give to our brother eternal life. He promised paradise to the thief who repented. Bring our brother to the joys of heaven. 
our brother was washed in baptism and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Give him fellowship with all your saints. He was nourished by your words and fed by your sacraments. Grant him a place at the table in your heavenly kingdom. He was ordained and consecrated for holy service in your church, proclaiming the message with persistent faith whether the time was favorable or unfavorable, convincing, rebuking, and encouraging with the utmost patience in teaching. Speak to him the words of welcome and commendation. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Pour out the abundance of your blessings on the church, which he served with diligence and devotion, and use us to carry on the good work you achieved in him that what he received and passed on to us, we may faithfully hand on to those who come after us. Lord Jesus Christ, we commend to you our brother Desmond, who was reborn by water and the Spirit into your holy death and glorious resurrection. Grant that his death may recall to us your victory over death, and be an occasion for us to renew our trust in your Father's love. Give us, we pray, the faith to follow where you have led the way, and where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit to the ages of ages. first loved us. May the peace of the Lord be always with you.
dominion over all things, receive the fruit of our labor, offered in love, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. To our Father, this earth has given and human hands have made, for us it becomes the bread of life. How blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands, for us it becomes the cup of salvation. be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Go finally kill a year on servants where to go swans and go for your Kamatasha onke and a good song in the world. 
ukubulela kuwenkosi awethu asezulwini siqo onamandla onke ongunaphakathi o Yesu Kristo kuphela konyana wakho inkosi ye because through him you have created everything from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have delivered us from the slavery of sin when you gave him to be born as man, to die on the cross and to rise again for us. Through him you claimed us as your own people when you enthroned him with you in heaven and through him sent your Holy Spirit, the giver of life. And no doubt on even a head that say obstand of Gorshov and the George Urban and for Greek and for Wop for Bar. There say Urban that he owns the ever the liver for here and owns from the Kabod hates on Sunday and fears for the George for loss. But the year left free it from the candles from home. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we acclaim you and declare the greatness of your glory. We praise you now and forever. Say. Hear us, Father, through your Son, Christ our Lord, and through him accept our offering of thanks and praise, and send your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread, so that there may be to us his body and his blood. For on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given you thanks, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So to after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given you thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shared for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Holy Father, with these your gifts, 
we your people celebrate before you this one perfect sacrifice of Christ our Lord. He is rising from the dead and he is ascending into the glory of heaven. Gracious Lord, accept us in him unworthy though we are, so that we who share in the body and blood of your Son may be made one with all your people of this and every age. Grant that as we await the coming of Christ our Savior in the glory and triumph of his kingdom, we may daily grow into his likeness, with whom and in whom and through whom by the power of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor be given to you, Almighty Father, by the whole company of earth and heaven, throughout all ages, now and forever. Amen. In the language of our choice, as Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. And so, Father. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, grant us peace. Come nader and unfang the lechem for our Savior Jesus Christus, whatever I gegeven and say blood, whatever I gestorven. Nettig Christus en u harte ter geloof met dankzegging.
Gracious God, we thank you that it is holy sacrament. You have given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. Grant that it may be to us a comfort in our sorrow and a pledge of our inheritance. In that kingdom where there is no death, neither sorrow nor crying, but fullness of joy with all your saints. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We shall listen to the anthem, Jesus Joy of Man's Desiring.
vocês. You only are immortal, the creator and maker of all. We are mortal, formed of the earth, and earth shall be returned as you ordained. When you created our saying, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave, we make our song. Hallelujah. <coughs> Give rest of Christ your servant with your saints. Knowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. Amen. Now sing the national anthem.
It is an honor and the privilege bestowed upon me by my religious leaders that I invite the Commander-in-Chief, His Excellency the President of the Republic, to come and deliver the eulogy. Mr. President, shall we all rise, please? I thank you. Let us be seated. Archbishop Tabo Ankoba, in your capacity as program director, Mama Lea Tutu, members of the Tutu family, His Majesty King Litsia III. Her Royal Highness Princess Mabel van Oranje, former President Thabo Mbeki, and Sizanele Mbeki, former President Kalema Motlante, and Sisi Gugu Motlante, former Deputy President. And my brother, Bulelani Nuka. Former President of Ireland, my dear sister, Mary Robinson. Mama Grasha Marcel. Ministers. Acting Chief Justice Raymond Zondo. Premier of the Western Cape, Alan Winde, Executive Mayor of the City of Cape Town, Mr. Hill Lewis, Reverend Michael Guida, Dean of Cape Town, Leadership of the Anglican Church of Southern Africa, Retired Bishop Michael Newtel, leaders of the faith of all denominations that are here present, leaders and representatives of political parties, General Ruzani Mapanya, Chief of the South African National Defense Force, veterans of liberation organizations, 
fellow mourners. Archbishop Makoba, soon after the passing of our father, I went to visit Mamali Yatutu and the family. And after that visit, some journalists were standing outside and they asked me, will the Archbishop be given a category one funeral? I said, of course, it will be a category one funeral. But then I added, with religious characteristics. And may I say that today, you may well have written another chapter in government orders and processes of what a category one funeral with religious characteristics is. And thank you very much. I've just seen it for myself. If Archbishop Desmond Tutu were here, he would have said, hey, hey, why are you looking so glum, so unhappy? He would have wanted to elicit a smile, a laughter from amongst all of us. That was the type of person that he was. I'm really delighted that Government has been led in this whole process by the church. We had, after the passing of Madiba, envisaged that this moment would come. And for well, for well over six years, a file in government has been building up and we've been discussing how are we going to send Archbishop Tutu onto the next world? And we took a view that we would be led by the church. And I'm rather pleased that government has taken a back seat this time round. It is only a few amongst us, the rarest of souls, who attain the stature of global icon during their lifetime. In our modern age, this term has come to be associated with celebrity and social media fame. Yet if we are to understand a global icon to be someone of great moral stature, of exceptional qualities, and of service to humanity, there can be no doubt that it refers to the man we are laying to rest today. Archbishop Desmond Tutu was without question a crusader in the struggle for freedom, for justice, for equality, and for peace, not only in South Africa, the country of his birth, but around the world as well. Such was the overarching impact and influence that Emeritus Archbishop Desmond Tutu had that tributes have been received as we had 
from current, past presidents, religious leaders, monarchs, lawmakers, political parties, musicians, artists, and ordinary people from all corners of the world. Climate activists, LGBTQI plus groups, solidarity movements, and community organizations are just some of those who have paid homage to a man who gave his life to the cause of freedom. A humble and brave human being who spoke for the oppressed, the downtrodden, and the suffering of the world. In doing so, he walked in the footsteps of his mentor, Father Trevor Huddleston, and of the many heroic champions of freedom in our country and on our continent. How fitting is it that his parents named him Mpilo when he was born, meaning life. In his life, he enriched the lives of all those that he met and all those who got to know him. Over the past week, we've had many moving accounts and we've also seen many images of Desmond Tutu's life. These accounts and images in many ways are a chronicle of a life of activism, statesmanship, ministry, and pastoralism. There is one image taken in 1989 at the protest march here in Cape Town. In the black and white photograph, we see Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the late Professor Jake Scherville alongside him, glaring defiantly at a cordon of police who were armed to the teeth just inches away. Their mission, that is the police, was to stop the march from proceeding. It is a striking photograph that captures the steely determination of the arch to challenge the authority of an unjust, illegitimate, and repressive regime. It was a vivid depiction of the confrontation between right, represented by those who were marching for democracy, and might represented by the men in the uniform of the apartheid police. That photograph brings to mind the words he spoke following his arrest in 1988 during a clergy-led protest against the crackdown on anti-apartheid groups. Bible in hand, he told a news conference he would continue with his defiance. We are not defying the law, he declared. We are obeying God. There is the famous image taken in 1996 during the hearings of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of our arch. 
his head bent over folded arms, his shoulders weighed down by the deep tragedy and the unspeakable cruelty that was being told of the apartheid crime. The TRC had just heard heart-rending testimony from a veteran activist, Malchas, on how he was tortured by the security police so brutally that he was now confined as he testified at the TRC in a wheelchair. Overcome with emotion at what he had heard, Archbishop Desmond Tutu dropped his head in his hands and wept. That is a photograph that has gone around the world for all to see. Together, these photographs speak not only of the strength of his convictions, but to how deeply he felt the anguish and the suffering inflicted by others who were perpetrators of injustice and intolerance. There are the many images we have of him speaking to crowds, his arms stretched out as though embracing them or looking serenely up to the heavens. He was a man with a faith as deep as it was abiding. For him, opposing injustice, standing up for the oppressed, defying unjust laws, was God's work. Destiny had anointed him a champion of the immortal cause of justice. He took to heart and lived the words of the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 8 to 9, which says, Speak out for those who cannot speak for the rights of all the destitute. Speak out, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. He was not content to decry apartheid at conferences or benefit concerts or international forums. He was there with the freedom fighters confronting the apartheid regime and confronting, comforting its victims. He was not content to preach about social justice from the pulpit. He was with the homeless, the helpless, the persecuted, the sick and the destitute in the streets, in the shelters, and in homes. He embraced all who had ever felt the cold wind of exclusion, and they in turn also embraced him. He sought to emulate Jesus Christ, who embraced all those whose society looked down upon and rejected. Throughout his life, he became involved in causes both here at home and abroad that went to the very heart of the quest for social justice. 
through the Desmond Tutu HIV Foundation, he was involved in the treatment and care of people living with HIV and AIDS, in the provision of health care services to adolescents, and the empowerment of young women. He was an outspoken supporter of the Palestinian cause, and in 2014, he wrote a powerful article calling on the Israelis and Palestinians to find each other and to make peace. In his words, peace requires the people of Israel and Palestine to recognize the human being in themselves and each other and to understand their interdependence. He advocated for the LGBTQI plus rights and decried all forms of violence and discrimination against this community. Speaking of hate crimes perpetrated against the LGBTQI plus community in a powerful video message marking 20 years since the World Conference on Human Rights, he said, I oppose such injustice with the same passion that I oppose apartheid. One of the causes that was dear to him and less well known to many of us was campaigning together with Her Royal Highness Mabel van Oranje, who is here with us today, against child marriage across the globe. I have learned how the Arch traveled to villages in Ethiopia, in India, and Zambia to understand the circumstances under which young girls were being forced into marriage. He also took up this course with the elders. Mary Robinson, part of the elders, is here. Mama Grasha Marcel is also here. The group of senior leaders brought together by President Nelson Mandela in 2007. Such was his stamina, such was his commitment to social justice for all that he took up the cudgels on behalf of millions of people around the world. Many would know his name, but many would not. But he did make a difference in taking up their causes. He never stopped fighting. He never stopped speaking out. And he never stopped caring. Since the passing of our beloved Arch, we've been looking back on his life, on the part he played in our transition to democracy, and to his towering role as the chairperson of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Today, 27 years after the advent of our democracy, we can still say with certainty that what we have achieved as a country was nothing short of a miracle. We could have chosen the path of retribution, but the project of national reconciliation 
of recognizing the injustices of our past set us apart from many societies in transition. Alongside President Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Desmond Tutu helped to steer our nation through this very challenging and painful period. The heart-rending testimonies of many who had suffered and lost loved ones were broadcast for all to see. Their accounts opened deep apartheid wounds, but they also opened a window not only for the formerly oppressed to know what had happened to their loved ones, but also to the white minority community to know what crimes had been committed and perpetrated in their name. Helping us to come to terms with the past was among the most arduous tasks of our new nation and Archbishop Desmond Tutu played a seminal role in this whole process. At Madiba's request, he led the truth and reconciliation process with integrity, dignity, and humility. While our beloved Madiba was the father of our democracy, Archbishop Desmond Tutu was the spiritual father of our new nation. In considering how fortunate we are as a country to have been blessed with these two global icons, we think about Vilagazi Street in Soweto, the only street in the whole world that was home to two Nobel Peace Laureates. We think how both of these two icons of our country played different but complementary roles in forging the nation that we are today. Archbishop Desmond Tutu has been our moral compass, but he's also been our national conscience. Even after the advent of democracy, he did not hesitate to draw attention often harshly to our shortcomings as leaders of the democratic state. He saw our country as a rainbow nation emerging from the shadow of apartheid, united in its diversity with freedom and equal rights for all. The arch bequeathed us many things, the importance of having the courage of one's convictions, solidarity with the oppressed, delivering on the promises made by the Constitution and many others. But it was with this term, Rainbow Nation, that he bequeathed our new nation the greatest gift of all, hope and forgiveness hope and forgiveness for a better tomorrow, hope for a country free of tyranny, and hope for a society where all the people of South Africa 
irrespective of their religious affiliation, their gender, their race, their origin, could live side by side in harmony. When he first spoke about us as a rainbow nation, South Africa was a different place and we were going through a very difficult time. We are still finding our feet on our long road to nationhood. He has left us at another difficult time in the life of our nation. Problems and challenges abound and they are everywhere. Poverty and inequality, racism, homophobia, gender-based violence, crime and corruption have left many people disenchanted. There are times when he felt let down and yet he never lost hope. The most fitting tribute we can pay to him, whoever and wherever we are, is to take up the cause of social justice for which he tirelessly campaigned throughout his life. Archbishop Dudu has left a formidable legacy and we are enormously diminished by his passing. His life straddled an epoch in our country's history that has now come to an end. Though we say goodbye to him today with the heaviest of hearts, we salute our beloved Arch for all that he did to help build this nation. We thank him for giving us hope for reminding us of our responsibility as a people, but more especially also as leaders, and for giving us a reason to believe that we are and that we can be a true rainbow nation that he spoke about. We celebrate him for what he was, life, Mbilo. To Mama Leah and the family, our nation shares in your sorrow. On behalf of the government and the people of South Africa, we thank you for sharing your husband, your father, your brother, uncle, and grandfather with us. We know it was not easy, and you, yet you did so willingly. He belonged to all of us, and it is all of us who mourn him, but today, we celebrate his life. I recently came across these words which provide a fitting end to any tribute to Desmond Tutu. Tears are sometimes an inappropriate response to death. When a life has been lived completely honestly, completely successfully, or just completely, the correct response to death's perfect punctuation mark is a smile. His was a life lived honestly and completely. He has left the world a better place. 
and he has left our country a much better place than we were prior to our democracy. We remember him with a smile, the type of smile that he would have flushed around. And we say, farewell, Father, servant of God. Rest in peace. Thank you. We now call upon the Chief of the South African National Defense Force, General Rosani Mapchanya, to hand over the national flag to the Commander-in-Chief. Thereafter, the Commander-in-Chief will hand over the national flag to Mama Tutu. I thank you. As we close this ceremonial, the arch was a great soul, a truly wonderful example of gift, grit, and gumption. We believe that beyond the absence, there is presence. Beyond the pain, there is healing. Beyond the brokenness, there is wholeness. Beyond the turmoil, there is peace. Beyond the hurting, there is heaven. Beyond the fighting, there is forgiveness. Beyond the silence, God speaks. Commander-in-Chief, permission to withdraw. I thank you.
Thank you so much. I was told I shouldn't thank the president, but democracy again that day. Thank you for your for your homily. Arvo Tulemato. Thank you so much. to a preacher, uh, Bishop Michael. Thank you so much. Let's give Bishop Michael a round of applause, please. Before the final blessing, uh, we will have a cremation service, which is a private uh, family cremation service uh, after uh, the service. And then at the time and date to known to the family, we will come and inter the ashes of the arch uh, in the cathedral. And again, the internment service is a private service. Uh, once again, thank you to the city, thank you to the state, thank you to those, to the uh, IP Trust, uh, thank you to the Leah and Bilo Tutu uh, Foundation, thank you to the cathedral, and thank you to all those you know yourself that were in the Mbilo planning team for the last six years. On behalf of Mama Leah and the family, we want to say thank you. Matsiriso Mama, please stand. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do God's will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in God's sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. With its multiple hallelujahs, may I just also recognize that our Archbishop has carried the lion load of an immense challenge that he has finally summited very gracefully with Solomonic wisdom and I think it would be so beautiful if he give him some love. <laughs> so I refer you to the liturgy that I hinted at the hallelujah, it's, it's four syllables, not a sturvy English two one. so focus on that when we come to that. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Alleluia. Alleluia. We shall listen to behold a great high priest recorded by the cathedral choir.
Well, it was a beautiful service for the Archbishop 
Desmond Tutu. They have a clear view of the outside of the church. Nice, sunny, clear day. Very peaceful. No media, no cameras. No microphones. The people are just moving around freely. The dignitaries, all the high-profile people. They're not being stalked by microphones and questions. Swarms of reporters. Just a big crowd of cheerful people <laughs> laughing, talking. And that's the that's the joy of having someone in your life like a Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Someone that cares about people so much more than anything else in the world. That's a rare individual. And they are never forgotten. So his memory will live on every day. He will never be forgotten. He will always be loved by his people. His living was not in vain. He left them with so much joy. We'll rest in power, Archbishop Desmond Tutu.
a.m. Pacific Standard Time in the California Desert. Happy New Year, January 1st, 2022. Oh yeah, we made it. We survived everything that 20... 20 and 2021 threw at us Alpha, Beta, Delta, Lambda, Omicron, and we're still here. Stay strong. Take care of yourself. See you in the whirlwind.